Hey everyone, uh, this is Sam Kern. You're listening to Radically Different. Uh, As many of you may know, I recently did a TEDx talk titled The Surprising Power of Remote Work. It's received over 50,000 views so far, and it's been clear that it's really resonated with people. So I thought that today I would share the audio of that TED talk on this podcast. So in the talk, I, I explain how digital nomadism actually can give you the ability to pursue your curiosity. I work just 20 hours a week remotely, and because of that, I have the ability to basically be anywhere, and I can allocate that extra time to pretty much anything. And so that's allowed me to pursue the things that I'm really most passionate about and work with some amazing people. Um, And so that's what this TEDx talk is about. It's about my experience doing that and how you could do it too. I decided to give this talk because I I think it's a a super powerful strategy. Um, I think it could be really useful for for anyone who's starting out their career, who feels stuck in their current job, or who just wants more time and freedom to pursue the things that light them up. I received a lot of really amazing feedback uh, on this talk from listeners, um, but also a lot of questions about how to get started, uh, how to make location independence sustainable, and what the digital nomad movement will look like in the future given the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, So those are some of the topics that I plan to cover in upcoming episodes of Radically Different. So if you have more questions or ideas for topics that you'd like me to explore after you listen to this talk, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, You can shoot me a message via Instagram or Facebook or via the contact form on radicallydifferentpodcast.com. All right, uh, let's jump into it. A year ago, I was recording conversations for a podcast episode on the topic of how to spend your 20s. And I posed this question to someone that I deeply admire. He's a professor at Montana State University named Dr. Thomas Donovan. This is what he told me. (laughs) I think you should spend your 20s like you spend the rest of your life, being curious. All your decades should be filled with curiosity. And it's wonderful advice, right? But here's the thing. As we get older, our ability to act on our curiosity seems to diminish. As children, we're encouraged to follow our curiosity. We're given the space to explore and to pursue the things that interest us. But then we become an adult. This is me, a college graduate. On the outside, looking quite confident about the whole thing, but on the inside, I was feeling more lost than I've ever felt in my life. I had just completed a four-year computer science degree, and I had landed a lucrative job as a software engineer. But I felt stuck. And that's because software engineering was not my passion. There's a poem by Mary Oliver that ends, tell me, what is it you plan to do with this one wild and precious life? And this is the question that I couldn't stop thinking about. I knew that there had to be something else out there for me. I just didn't know what it was yet. So the summer after graduation, something happened that totally changed my life trajectory. A friend invited me on a three-week trip to Vietnam. And I found Vietnam intoxicating. Cities swarming with motorbikes, winding mountain roads through dense jungle, incredible food that cost you just $5, and it was foreign and fascinating. But something else happened. I started meeting foreigners who were living in Vietnam long term. Some of them were there to teach English, but some of them 
were digital nomads, people who work online and are able to travel and live anywhere. And so after that trip, my friend flew home to start his career, and I decided to stay. I had some savings, a laptop, and I knew how to code, and I figured I was going to become a digital nomad. <laughs> so the first thing I do is I go to Chiang Mai, Thailand, which is this digital nomad hotspot, and I create an account on Upwork, a job site for freelancers. And within two weeks, I was able to land my first gig with a US-based client building a mobile app. I was working just 15 hours a week, making $30 an hour, so about $1,400 after taxes, and this was plenty of money in a place like Thailand where you can live comfortably on $1,000 a month or less. And so this new part-time remote job, it gave me a level of freedom that I have never experienced. For the first time in my life, I could travel and explore without a deadline. I could go anywhere and do almost anything. And that's what I did. I traveled around northern Thailand on a motorcycle, I did a Vipassana meditation at a forest monastery, and I got scuba certified on an island, and I actually worked eight hours on the ship on the way there using cellular data and a Wi-Fi hotspot. And around the same time, I had this idea to start a podcast about lifestyles and career paths that break from the American norm. I wanted to expand my own awareness of life possibilities and then share them with the world. And so I began interviewing people living in radically different ways. I interviewed a 24-year-old woman who was cycling from Thailand to Spain, 15,000 miles over the course of a year and a half. I sat down with a 21-year-old German man who had left his upper-class family to become a Buddhist monk. And in one of the more strange experiences of my life, I spent a week on a tiny island off the coast of Thailand with this group of people building a network of eco-villages around the world. They described it as a place for visionaries and change-makers to rewrite the blueprints of humanity. It was a weird week. <laughs> now, it wasn't all glamorous. Sometimes I felt really lonely. My equipment broke. I got caught in a lot of rainstorms on my motorcycle. But overall, I was, I was on an adventure, and I felt alive. And something else happened. I discovered a new passion, podcasting. I realized that I loved talking to people and sharing their stories. The author Elizabeth Gilbert talks about how if you faithfully follow your curiosity, it just might lead you to your passion. And this is exactly what happened with me. Now, we all have things that we're curious about, places that we've always wanted to go, side projects that we can't stop thinking about, dreams of becoming an artist, write, writing a book, or starting a business. But I think that a lot of us feel like we're not fully free to pursue those curiosities. We lack the time, the money, the connections, or the courage to give them a go. And so I believe that we need to recreate space in our lives to be able to act on our curiosity. We need to give ourselves the room to breathe so that we can discover what lights us up and then pursue it. And I found that digital nomadism and the strategies and the philosophy behind it is actually a way of doing this. Now, the digital nomad lifestyle of working remotely, traveling between countries, and living out of a suitcase, it's not for everyone, and it has some obvious downsides and trade-offs. But I think digital nomads are onto something that we all can learn from, because at its core, the digital nomad movement is not just about travel, it's about freedom. And for me, at least, 
It's the ability to act on your curiosity. So now I want to show you some of the ways that digital nomads create freedom in their lives and explain how you might be able to do the same. It's likely more possible than you think. So a key component of digital nomadism is location independence. And um, it's powerful in a few ways. One is that if you want to live abroad or you want to experience new culture, you can do that, and that's great. But it also allows you to really intentionally choose your environment and your community. So if you hate the cold, you could spend the winter in Argentina. Or maybe you have family in rural Montana and you want to be near them, but there's no jobs in your field. You could get a Seattle-based job and work remotely. Location independence also allows you to live in a cheaper place and take an advantage of this thing called geo-arbitrage. So geo-arbitrage is basically the idea of earning money in a place that's more expensive and then living and spending it in a place that's cheaper. So imagine making a San Francisco-based salary and living in a place like Thailand. Your money just goes so much farther. Digital nomads also tend to be minimalist, so everything they own often fits in a backpack. And because they have less stuff, that means that they're more mobile and they actually can reduce their costs. And once you can reduce your costs, you can work less. And I think this is super important because after a 40-hour work week, plus time for exercise and a social life, there's just not a lot of extra time in a week to be productive. And if you work part-time, you now have an extra 20 to 30 hours a week that you can allocate to anything. So if you can figure this out, you can give yourself the ability to do some really incredible things. So I want you to imagine for a second, what would you do if you could be anywhere in the world and you only had 20 hours of work you had to do each week? How might you reallocate that time? What unfulfilled curiosity or passion of yours might you pursue? If you're feeling lost like I was or simply want to explore, you could do that. You could, I don't know, um, form a band and tour around New Zealand in a van producing pop-up concerts in people's backyards. Or you could live in a Japanese mountain village. Or you could use the site WorkAway to find volunteer opportunities around the globe in exchange for free food and lodging. Or maybe you'd learn a new skill. Maybe you'd learn photography or study machine learning. Or perhaps you'd, create, uh, you'd pursue a creative passion. You'd start writing that book you've always been thinking about. Or you'd start that podcast. I hear that um, everyone has a podcast now. <laughs> or maybe you launch a side hustle or try out that startup idea. Or perhaps you do a life experiment. So this is how this works. Um, if you're curious about a life path or a career path, don't just fantasize about it. Go try it. And with location independence and a part-time job, it makes it really easy to do this. So let me show you what I mean. Last year, uh, I was at a conference, and I meet this man named Pablo. And he runs this company, and they, they produce these multi-sensory experiential dinners where he brings people together around world-class food with the intention of helping people connect at a deeper level. And so this idea of, of live experience design, it's something that I've been really interested in for a long time. And so I said, Pablo, could I come work with you for free? You don't have to pay me because I already have a part-time remote job. And worst case, we spend a few weeks together in San Diego, and if it's not the right fit, I'll just keep doing my digital nomad thing. And he said, yes. And so two months later, I show up to San Diego, and I begin working with Pablo and his team. And it was amazing. I got to work with their team to design and produce these events. I got to work in the kitchen with their head chef. And actually, after a few months, it turned into a job offer. 
which I didn't end up taking because I wanted to continue living abroad. But through this experience, I gained some incredible skills related to experience design, community building, and food. And I also gained an incredible mentor and a friend. And so do you see, with part-time remote work, it actually reduces the friction to be able to try out an entire new career path. With the same strategy, you could theoretically work with anyone, anywhere in the world. So at this point, you're probably thinking, okay, these, this seems cool, but how would I actually begin working online? Well, the good news is that remote work is quickly becoming the new norm. So it's estimated that within the next five years, 70% of Americans will be working remotely at least five days a month. And what this means is a greater cultural acceptance of remote work, better technology to facilitate it, and more fully remote jobs. But what if you want to get started working remotely right now? Well, the first thing to do would be to get the right skills, something that you can do remotely and is in demand. So some of the professions are more obvious. Software developers, digital marketers, designers, writers, that sort of thing. But if your job requires you to crack open a laptop, there's a good chance that it could be done remotely. I know location-independent researchers, magazine publishers, and even filmmakers. And with the rise of video calling and online learning platforms, um, there's now professors, therapists, and even yoga teachers that run their entire business online. So the next step would be to find remote work, and there's a few ways to do this. One is to get a remote job. More and more companies are starting to embrace remote work because they're realizing that it makes their employees happier and more productive, and it lowers their operating expenses because they don't have to pay for a central office. Um, and so you can reach out to these types of companies directly. You can look on remote job sites like these, or you can also leverage Facebook groups and find work that way. Now, another option is freelancing, and this is the way that I started. Freelancing can be great because you're your own boss. You get to choose your hours and choose your clients. Um, but it can also be really isolating, and um, oftentimes there's no guarantee of a steady paycheck. Now, I assume a lot of you already have jobs, and so another option would be to keep your job, but renegotiate the terms. So um, this is Brittany. She was a lawyer in the U.S., and this is how she started working remotely. So a lot of the law firms I worked for were completely paper-based. So you had a file, and you had to like print everything and put it in the file. Well, I would help the whole law firm go paperless, make myself indispensable, and then say, hey, I'm moving to Costa Rica. Do you still want me to work for you? And they were like, uh, yeah, so I guess we've never had anyone work remotely, but we'll try that because we don't know what to do without you. Bold, I know, but it's a powerful strategy that even you could utilize. So another way to begin working remotely online is actually to teach English. And this kind of blew my mind. So China has the largest middle class in the history of the world, and they want their children to learn English. And this has given rise to an entire industry of online English teaching platforms. And so what this means is that if you're a native English speaker, which most of you are, you can create an account on one of these sites and begin teaching English and make $12 to $30 an hour. You can choose your schedule and you can do it from anywhere. And this is something a lot of my friends in Chiang Mai were doing because it's a great way to cover your expenses while you're figuring out what else you want to be doing online. So if any of these possibilities seem exciting to you, I encourage you to just start somewhere. And maybe that means, especially if you're starting out your career, maybe get a full-time job, develop some remote skills, and then transition to part-time remote work when you have more expertise and experience that you can leverage. Convince your employer to let you work from home several days a week, and then blow them away with your productivity. Downsize your house or go without a car to reduce expenses and learn how to live with less.
work 30 hours a week instead of 40, and then spend the extra 10 hours learning a new digital skill. Maybe pick up some freelance writing gigs alongside your day job, or rent out your apartment on Airbnb for a month and go on a trip to Bali or another digital nomad hotspot. If you want to live life differently, take the first small step forward. Because with each step, your awareness of the possibilities will expand, and you'll meet other people who are thinking the same way and can help you along your journey. I want to live in a world where everyone is free to spend time acting on their curiosity. At an individual level, this allows us to discover our passions, the things that make us feel most alive, and then act on them. And at a societal level, this creates a better world, because what the world needs most is people who've come alive. Thank you. If you have feedback on the talk, questions, ideas for the show, or just want to connect, feel free to send me a message. I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Radically Different Podcasts and at radicallydifferentpodcast.com. All right, uh, until next time.